Once again, it's time for the show that has no jingles, no commercials, no music, no talent, and most certainly no agenda. Produced on a Skypophonic transcontinental connection, it's the ultimate oral friends with benefits. From the manor just south of London, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak in Northern California. Hey, John, how you doing? It's a Saturday evening for me, Saturday morning, afternoon for you. Yeah, it's hitting around noon now. The uh, Actually, it's noon. But uh, I notice our connection is a little weird. Now, I'm wondering if it has anything to do with the Thanksgiving. Uh, everybody took took off this weekend. You'd think the connection, at least in the U.S., would be a little better. Well, I'm uh, not sure. Yeah, you know, the, the connections over here in the U.K., I, I we have such varying quality and it's a it's really it's a countrywide problem so i would say it's probably on my end if 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 anything and of course i've got two women in the house who love watching youtube videos well that's not good (laughs) no it's not good hey man uh dominating the news here in the uk do you know what it is no what tell me it's the missing 25 million records on d on cd-roms yeah, we actually blogged that thing on the Dvorak.org slash blog blog. Uh, 25, yeah, I know. They, apparently what happened there, I'll, I'll give you the story from what we've heard, even though it's hardly big news here. We just kind of, you know, it's not, it, if it's not about what's going on here, we don't care that much. Right. But it sounds as though somebody in the government sent two CD-ROMs in the mail, but I guess they just dropped them off into the, one of the boxes on the corner, and they never got delivered. There's, of course, no receipts or anything, so they don't know where they are, and they're worried sick. Although the discs apparently were encrypted, I don't see what the big, what the fear is. Well, there's a couple, there's a couple things going on with this. Um, first of all, uh, there's been talk of a national identity card in the UK for uh, quite a while now. So this is more about um, what happens with your data, what is the government doing with your data, is there any privacy, which, of course, is really interesting for a country that has, I don't know, 20, 30,000 cameras hanging everywhere. You can't take a crap without you know, a CCTV camera capturing it. Um, so <laughs> privacy concerns put aside. Um, this was part of a coming clean in, uh, in Parliament on the side of, uh, uh, of, um, of the Labour Party. Where you know there's been all kinds of little scandals that have taken place, and I guess you know this disc. It, it, I don't think they actually put it in the mail. They uh, it was supposed to be delivered by TNT, which is kind of the you know a FedEx uh, type service in in Europe. And well, the story I read was it was put in the mail. Mm, I don't. I, I have a feeling that it just got lost inside the inside some government uh, mail room, and it didn't actually leave the building. But even so, I mean, to think that, you know, this is the only disc that has ever been burned, that this came from the only person who has access to those records. I mean, there's not one single computer expert has been, you know, on TV or in a newspaper or anyone who actually knows how the government records are handled. It's just all, all it is is it's big jokes about the missing uh, CDs. Of course, every everyone who has a an opportunity to do a joke about it on television or in the newspapers just continuously full. Uh, but it's, it has nothing to do with the actual data. Uh, I think it's, it has everything to do with the national ID card and the fact, and this, of course, is what's coming out now, all these reports, that uh, identity fraud is a big deal and that it's very easy to uh, steal someone's identity and go you know, shopping on the Internet. So, you, so the concern is about 
they're going to have a national identity card and they're going to collect even more data and and but they're so careless with this data that these people should be tarred and feathered exactly so the bottom line is you know we can't trust the government with with our data i think that's what's really going on here everyone's talking about it that's front page along with of course uh madeline mccann that just doesn't stop you know the seven-year-old kid who was abducted in, uh, from in portugal yeah or they think was yeah, abducted we, that, it doesn't we, stop the story has been in front page for like six months already well we fought against that story by by reintroducing our story about the girl who was uh who disappeared in aruba Oh, you're so, right, uh, uh, Halloway. That's right. That's uh, the Dutch. So we're, the Dutch we're guy. That story with our own material. <laughs> we we have a sexy chick who's been who's lost. Damn it! It's better than your young child. Exactly. <laughs> so um, you know, not to mention the fact that children are missing daily. Yeah, not, and well, yeah, and there's there's thousands and hundreds of thousands of children, you know, starving to death in uh, in Africa. It's like, it's like, is this the only the child that matters? Yeah, well, I, no, it's, it's a funny thing the way they do it. You know, it's I remember there was some actually during this Aruba thing when it first began. There was I remember some black woman coming, you know, a young mom who lost her girl had been abducted by, and they think they knew who it was and all the rest of it, but nobody even cared to do the story. You know, she was a poor woman in Tennessee or something like that, and it wasn't as interesting as some, you know, rich girl in, in Aruba. I mean, it, but it didn't get covered at all. And she said, you know, I got no attention. You know, so it's weird the way that you just focus on a few things that, that get, you know, that get promoted. It's almost like so a PR agent is somewhere in the back room of the news organization going, you know, this is a much better story for, you know, this will get our circulation up. And Oh, that's, exa- that's the exactly bike. the way it's, it's happening. There's no doubt about it. In fact, today there was a story that came out about the McCanns, and there were several experts, of course, you know, new slant on the story, saying probably because the McCanns had money and they, you know, a fund was started and people donated money and they got a lot of attention, for that very reason, the child is probably dead because anyone who abducted the child would have just wanted to get rid of it and be done with the whole situation. So that's the new slant on the story. Ah, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> it's probably, I mean, there's some logic to that. But, you know, I don't think it's necessary that people are going to go from being uh, um, not murderers to being murderers just because of some news thing. But, I, I, but I'm sure it gets everybody all enraged. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it just enrages me. I feel really bad for the family, and, you know, it really sucks. But you know, this, this cannot remain front-page news. This is dumb. Yeah, well, what I mean, I don't know. You know, this is a, we, this happened. I think the real trend. I reminded of the days when I was working for MSNBC on a show that they had established when Microsoft first bought the company, or I mean, first formed the company with NBC. That's what MS stands for. A lot of people have long since forgotten. It means no, Microsoft. No, I, I remember. I was there. And so they they started this thing up, and then they wanted to do because Microsoft was involved. They wanted to do some tech stuff, so they did this 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 show called The Site. And the site starred um, Soledad O'Brien, and she was on the fast, fast track to become a NBC news anchor, and so they gave her this gig so she could, like, uh, do a little uh, practice. Although she eventually she got sidelined by some other ethnic-looking woman uh, and ended up having, I think she went to CNN or something like that. But Soledad was really a nice, one of the nicest people I've ever met. So hopefully she'll, uh, she'll get back on the fast track. I don't know why they took her off of it, but it happens all the time. Now, not to change the subject, but we have a, a woman here in uh, KPIX who used to be network uh, at CBS named Dana King. 
And I saw her when she was doing some of her network stuff, and she had, like, big-time news personality written all over her. She apparently did something amiss, and then uh, they they gave her, they signed her to the local owned and operated uh, affiliate, it's, you know, the the KPIX station as a news anchor here is kind of punishment and she's been stuck here ever since and I don't think she can ever break away uh, but she was like you know this is it's, the show, anyway the show business thing is is, is uh, disconcerting but back to the MSNBC story so anyway they had this show that they developed because Microsoft's pushing them called The Site and it had sold as the anchor and I did some work on there and Leo Laporte had a segment and we did some debates and it's the same you know usual suspect you guys are such media stuff. whores you'll do anything well you know they were paying us oh, okay anyway so, so unlike I'm, you know, unlike prostitutes they were paying you <laughs> well they, you made a good point <laughs> anyway so uh, yeah I know it's like what's the difference so anyway the, the, the Diana got killed as you recall yeah uh, Princess Diana and they started covering it 24-7 with pretty meaningless coverage on MSNBC, and their ratings went through the roof. Through the roof, sure. Of course they did. Yep. And so they killed the, they killed the site, <laughs> and they killed every oh, other thing that they that wasn't like celebrity, you know, butt-kissing, whatever you want to call it, kind of programming. And, of course, the site, you know, the place has never recovered. I mean, because, you know, you can't keep covering Diana forever. They tried. And uh, and they went right back into the dumper that it was in to begin with. And then meanwhile, they threw out any possible interesting properties that they had started. Um, anyway, this kind of uh, decision making at this kind of level has always been disconcerting to me. It's. Uh, have you ever read the uh, the Society of the Spectacle? And, and by the way, just to, to do a punchline to that last story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we would have covered Diane if they'd let us. Fuck yeah. Anyway. No, I... <laughs> oh, I don't have anyway, a I, shot. Uh, yeah, we would have gotten our ratings way up. So, uh, no, I didn't read that. I do have this. Oh, shit. It's not working. Here we go. Okay, there you go. That's great. The boing. Uh, we got a we got a phone call. You want to hear some feedback? Because I don't know who this who the people are this guy's talking about. Want to listen? Hello? Yeah. Yeah, here we go. Adam, hey, Moose in Orangeville, California here. Uh, just finished listening to No Agenda 4 and uh, fired up uh, TSC 690. Um, I want to tell you, man, you and John Dvorak hit it off so perfectly. Uh, it's like you guys have been talking with each other for the last 20, 30 years as a, as a talk radio team. We, we have a local team like that that actually simulcasts in the Bay Area um, on a local radio station. And you guys hit it off easily as well as they do. I don't know if you've listened to them. They're, they're on here in the Bay Area and in the Bay Area from 6 till 10 a.m. But um, just want to tell you, man. I thought he actually would tell us who they were. <laughs> I think it might be he the end does. of the message. No, I thought he would. Anyway, there's a... Oh, wow. And... Uh, you need to get a good theme for that. I, I don't care if you say there's no theme. You need a good theme. Oh, crap. I'm sorry, John. I thought he actually mentioned who he was talking about. I have no idea. Well, you know, uh, there's a million teams that work from 6 to 10 a.m. because, you know, it's only willing to stay awake. Yeah. Um, we, we wouldn't, yeah, we well, wouldn't I, do you know, 6 I think to 10 a.m. You know what makes us work together? Timing. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> Indeed. 
<laughs> I got the uh, the Nokia N810. Ah, you would. Oh, my goodness. This thing is... Uh, disclaimer, by the way. I'm, I'm hoping to get, have Podshow uh, be able to sell these at some beautiful discount, just like our GoDaddy stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't sell it if I didn't really like it. This thing is fucking amazing. It's, it's very why? close to what it has to be. Why? Well, uh, why? Oh, I'll tell you why. Because the web browser really does everything. And when I mean everything, it's Gmail including the shortcuts. It's got a slide-out keyboard, so you can hit the J key, and it'll go to... You know, I'm a big uh, Gmail user, and uh, Docs works as well, perfectly. You know, it's fast. It just... You know how... It's hard to explain, but you know how Windows Mobile particularly just feels kind of like a loose bucket of nuts and bolts? You know, the way the windows pop open and how buttons react and, you know... You just have yeah, that. Yeah, like with, it was written in fourth. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit like the difference between um, a Mac and Windows. There is something in the way the user interface functions that just makes it feel better. I can't quite explain what it is, but there's yeah, something. Yeah, well, I there. know with, with with the Mac, it always feels snappier, snappier, smoother, a little more sophisticated. So I was a big user of the N800, and this 810 is literally that that kind of difference, and it also looks nice. It's uh, you know it has kind of an executive uh, sheen to it now. It's it's just amazing. It, it, huh? What do they sell for? It's expensive. I think it's like four hundred and fifty bucks. Oh, not cheap at all. Um, See, I, I use burners. I use track phones, Virgin Mobile, those kinds of things. The things you can throw away. The things you don't have to worry about losing. If you leave it on the plane, well, who cares? Well, by the way, this isn't a phone. It's only a, it's an internet tablet. There's no phone built into it. It's just Wi-Fi. Oh. You can. Oh, can, it's just a. Yeah, it's it's. There's no phone at all. Oh, it's you know, just a I've seen. Oh, right. Okay, I've seen pictures. That, right. I just. I think we may have blogged this. I, I saw pictures of this thing recently. Right. 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 It's like a really small tablet. Mm-hmm. And it's it's built on uh, it's built on Linux, so it's open source, and you can build whatever you want. And you know, Python runs on it. So interesting people are creating interesting applications that, are, of course, open source and. You know, are, yeah, it's going to go nowhere. You get you get what you pay for. Well, but, but they've done a lot though. They're seeding a lot of the of this application development and the basics that you'd expect. You know, it has Skype. It has, um, as I said, it has the a perfect Mozilla compatible browser. So you know, Gmail Reader, another thing that I use a lot. You can use the full blown version. It's it, that's pretty hot shit. I mean, that's really all that I want is just to have a real web browser that I can really use anywhere. You know, just slip it in my pocket. I'm I'm amazed by this. I'm going to have to get one. Including Flash. It does Flash. I'm, so now when you pop open uh, like the podshow.com mashboard, uh, you know, the videos will play right in the browser, right on the screen. So the, the iPhone doesn't even do that. I'm going to have to get one. To, to, is, is the screen bigger than the iPhone screen? Hold on. I have both of them here. Let me check. Hold on one second. Let me just move over to this mic. Uh, um, oh. I'm now overlaying. One on top of the other. Oh, yeah. Oh, the screen is probably an inch wider hmm. on the 810. But it's small. It, but the iPhone itself isn't that much smaller than the, the NA10. I mean, it would, if it, was, it would fit right into it, basically. But the screen real estate on the 810 is definitely bigger. It's nice. I'm really well impressed. I'll have to get hold of, get hold of one. You coming into town next week? Yeah, actually, I'm flying out tomorrow, uh, so I'll be in. Bring the, the phone. <laughs> we'll bring that. It's of course, I'm going to bring it. Of course, I'm going to. It has GPS in it too, which is neat. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, that's why the black helicopters can track you. Hey, what's up with the... <laughs> yeah, right. What's up with Pakistan? What a mess that place is. Well, is it really? How come, we're, how come the U.S. isn't doing anything? Is, it, is, is our administration basically keeping, uh, keeping this guy in place and, and agreeing with everything because it's better to you know, know the dictator than not know the dictator? Well, you know, if you read enough of the documentation over the years of our relationship with Pakistan, we've always given them a lot more money when they had a dictator in than when they had uh, someone elected. Yeah, and I don't think that we like the situation because it looks pretty, you know, it looks onerous. But I'm sure there's a lot of back channel grousing going on, and they're trying to, you know. But Musharraf, it looks like he's going to do what he's going to do. And what choice do we have, uh, you know, except to bomb them? I mean, we're not going to do that. No, but it, fe- it feels think. like it feels like a setup where you know there's got to be all kinds of crap going on in Pakistan, and then of course fingers are going to be pointed at Iran. Because there'll be all kinds of people crossing in and out of the border, and there'll be all kinds of claims and all kinds of proof and testimony and satellite pictures. You watch, and then we're going to go and bomb uh, the, Iran's nuclear facility. Yeah, I know that seems to be in the cards. But it seems like the setup, man. It just—it's—I don't know. It seems clear to me, and it's—it's se- it's so wrong. <laughs> it's so fucking wrong. Well, usually, if it's clear to you, Adam, it's not what it is. The American uh, subterfuges tend to be to, to trick you, me too, by the way, uh, and everybody else into thinking one thing and then having something else happen. Because uh, it seems to me that if everybody can deconstruct it so easily, it's obviously not what's, what's actually taking place. Well, yes and no, because as a, as a pilot, as an airman, you know, the first thing you learn is, you know, look for the big things on the map. So, you know, one of the, in, in, in all early training for all people who want to learn how to fly, your instructor will put down a map and say, okay, we're going to go from this point to that point. Tell me what obstructions are in our path. And, of course, what you do is you, you know, look at all the electricity masts and, you know, any radio towers and look at the height and see if you're going to be okay. And then, you know, invariably the, the instructor then says, well, how about this big fucking mountain you're about to fly right into? You didn't see that? And, of course, the most obvious things you, cert- you don't always see. So I'm, I'm kind of trained to look at, at big things, and, and I think that, Quite the opposite of what you're saying is that, uh, you know, the, it, these guys and our, the administration become so bold, it's just easier to do it right out in the open and make up a different story and create a diversion for that. It's a good thing. That's good thinking. It's possible. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that's impossible. I'm just not seeing us bombing Iran, to be honest about it. I mean, it, so it looks like it's in the cards, but that says to me it's not going to happen. Um I don't think they're, they're not doing the build-up the same way they did with these other things. There's not enough phony baloney information coming out. I know what you're saying. It shows some satellite data and all the rest of it. But I think the Iranians are aware of this kind of uh, trickery, and I think they're going to do everything they can to uh, keep, keep from getting bombed. I don't think they particularly want to be bombed. I mean, it seems to me. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Damn. Uh, everyone's, really di- keep- everyone's really disappointed here in, uh, in Britain, John. Because uh, we've been kicked out of the Euro 2008 uh, football competition. Why? Well, because the team sucked. Uh, well, of course, the manager is why. He got fired the day after. Um, but, but to not qualify and, and get kicked out this early, it's, it's, a real, it's a real national tragedy. Everyone's you know, depressed about it. With, all those pro, with those pro leagues and all those pro players you have in that country, you, you couldn't 
put a, t- a crummy team together that uh, could just qualify? Exactly. And this, of course, is the debate. You know, it's like, what what is Beckham worth? You know, he came back, he played, I think, second half, and uh, that's exactly it. You know, how, it's like it, American basketball players not getting into the Olympics. Yep, but they're way overpaid. So, hmm. funny thing about the um, about the game. Um, Tony Henry is, uh, I guess he's an opera singer, an English opera singer. And he was tasked with singing the national anthems. It was, it was uh, the game was here in, uh, I think, Wembley. And uh, so he sang the Croatian, is it the Croatian or Croat? Croatian? Croatian anthem. Cro- Cro- well, yeah. Croat. Well, anyway. No, it'd be the Croatian anthem, it would have to be. So he made a mistake in the lyrics. <laughs> In front, oh, of, no. in front of 80,000 people. So here it is from a BBC report. He should have sung Mila Kuda Si Planina, which roughly means, you know, my dear, how we love your mountains. But instead he sang Mila Kuri Si Planina, which can be interpreted as, my dear, my penis is a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's great. <laughs> no wonder we lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh man idiots <laughs> i always get the feeling somebody's made a change i mean it's almost like the guy uh, you know there's always there's always these stories in fact and i know it's doable people who get uh in broadcasting who get really reliant on the teleprompter oh yeah you can slip in some stuff in there and they'll just read it you know because they're just so used to reading robot like yep. that they'll just read whatever it is and i am an idiot i'll be back as the idiot <laughs> that i am and half you know whatever i you know i got really good at teleprompter in my mtv years i mean you you could you could literally be writing it by hand underneath you know because the old teleprompters they weren't uh, computer screens they were literally there was a camera that was positioned right over a, a conveyor belt and they'd have these scripts that were print out uh aligned specially for the shot and there was a guy he would literally turn this little end little um controller and it would uh, control the speed of the motor <laughs> so during live broadcast you know they would be writing shit in there was notes all over the place and you know whatever showed up i could just interpret and i could just say it it's a um it is it's a it, it's like a vulcan mind trick almost yeah pretty funny but the weird thing for i don't want to get into too much inside baseball here for people who don't ever do any of this kind of work but the, the weird ones where you have the teleprompter rolling on the one hand then you have an ifb in your ear which right. is that little squiggly thing you see and uh, and they're yelling at you about some one other thing while you're uh, trying to read and you have to like squeeze in other information it gets quite complicated and you can see when people get flustered on, on television but my all-time favorite screw up with this sort of situation was one time i was shooting at uh, the tech TV place. I don't know why I've got so many of these anecdotes today, but anyway, I'm at tech TV and I'm doing the show Silicon Spin while Leo is doing a show in the other studio. Mm. And we're, we're at the exact same time moment. So in the, same, uh, the same clock. So we're going to go to break at the same time and everything else. So I start my show and as soon as I start my show, I'm hearing his show in my ear. <laughs> they crawled, they miss, missed up the studios. Something. It's loud. <laughs> And so he's, and, he's, and I'm trying to, and I'm getting a little, you know, I'm having enough trouble reading the prompter with this noise in my ear. And then I finally go to the break. I said, this, this is screwed up. I don't have the control room. I've got Leo show. And they all listen. There's nothing. Because they're on the same commercial break we're right, on. Right, right, So right, now right. there's nothing. There's no problem. And so we go right back to the show. And boom, there there's comes Leo. Leo again, screaming in my ear. Oh, yeah. So, uh. Yeah, um, moving, going back to the launch of MSNBC, um, I was actually there because Microsoft um, 
this was just before they launched Comic Chat, and they couldn't quite get it working, and it wouldn't scale, so oh, they, they hired... I remember Com- yeah, Comic Chat, that was another big Microsoft <laughs> flop. <laughs> so they hired uh, my company, it was uh, still on-ramp then, uh, to do a chat, and we basically set up like, a, you know... Uh, Linux-based command line chat room with little uh, web GUI on top of it, so it was pretty robust. Um, but it was um, uh, who was it? Uh, who was interviewing uh, Bill Clinton? Uh, Tom was it? Tom Brokaw, I think. No, that wouldn't. That's yeah, not right. probably. Maybe it was. Yeah, Tom no, Brokaw, and he was interviewing uh, Clinton, and I was sitting in the control room, and I was just amazed at how he could be almost. He was almost moving Clinton through this through his answer just with his body language because the producer was continuously saying, okay, now you've got to get him to wrap this up and we have one more question. You have uh, 28 seconds left until break. And so while Brokaw is, is communicating through body language with Clinton, you know, then he's, he interjects with one final question with like 17 seconds to go. And the producer's literally counting it down as he's doing his outro uh, into the break. It was the most astounding thing I've ever seen. The man was just fucking genius. That's why he got paid the big bucks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, people who are, on, who are on QVC do it as well. You watch if you, you know, because the, what they're doing there is they're continuously monitoring the sales numbers. And they'll see an item do really well, and then it'll be like, okay, we're going to stay on this and uh, talk more about the, the color. Or what, you know, they're continuously giving the, the host cues in their, in their ear, in their IFB. Uh, and it, it's really how they fine-tune their sales. It's, it's also an amazing process to watch. Yeah, actually, I've always wanted to see that, but you can see him doing it. It's, what's amazing is those, those talking heads that are on those sales channels because they just blabber and blabber. Then it's nonstop chat. Yeah, yeah, and it's got a real interesting color because it's a it's a unusual version of taupe, don't you think, Lois? <laughs> yes, it hasn't been what color like taupe. that. So I think you know what it reminds me of fall fashion two thousand five, don't you think? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, that brings us back to our story from last week about Marie Osmond, where oh, I wish I had a copy of the. Uh, I don't have it handy. Anyway, we're talking about, you asked me if I thought it was possible Marie Osmond might have orchestrated this big blow up on Larry King. And actually, before that, her fainting on uh, Dancing with the Stars. And uh, right. and I asked Patricia right after the show. if I Wait, 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 wait more background here. I, I said it was possible. You said there was no way that that could ever be done. There's no, it's not the way it works, is what you said. Just to give people background. Yeah, but then I remember specifically, John, you said, do you think she is capable? And I paused and I said, uh, I, I don't think so, but let me ask Patricia. Right? Yeah, I guess. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. As she, she with, without even hesitating for a second, said, Absolutely. She is the most cunning woman in show business. <laughs> like even even the faint. She, I saw her faint. Said and she was laying there so pretty. That was not a, a normal person fainting. She doesn't even buy that part. Yeah, no. I thought the whole thing was a. Uh, but you know, she she never. I mean, let's face it. These two people both. Um, I mean, I met Donnie too, and he's a really nice guy. And I guess she's probably a really nice person too. But it doesn't mean that that they're you know that they that they don't know that showbiz mavens, man. Yeah, it's a showbiz family. They know all the tricks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they don't overdo it. I mean, you haven't seen much since. I mean, they had a little blast and that, you know, got a few books sold and got her mention on her shopping channel. And, you know, she's fine. Yeah, she's good. She's good. We got about uh, three, four minutes. John, you got anything? 
No, you know, in fact, I was looking at the blog to see if there's anything that came up in the uh, recent stories that some guys are bringing down. I did find it interesting. There was a, uh, and, and people can check this out, it was posted on the 24th whenever you hear the show, 24th of November. Some, uh, let me just read about this. There's a couple of American cosmologists, you know, guys who study this kind of deep physics, investigating the consequences of the cosmos of quantum theory, the most successful theory, blah, blah, blah. And they said there's an odd feature of the theory that philosophers and scientists still argue about. And in a nutshell, the theory suggests that we change things simply by looking at them. And theorists uh, have puzzled over the implications of this. So in other words, they're thinking, you know, you're looking at outer space and you're watching something blow up. You're actually somehow, because of quantum theory, you're, you're changing making it, it happen. somehow. You're making it happen. Which now makes sense when you go to Oakland and these big black guys you look at and say, what are you looking at? Because they know that you're, you're screwing with them. <laughs> Just by looking at them. <laughs> okay, John. <laughs> nice. That's my story. Uh, you better you better be sticking to it. <laughs> we should have a uh, what are you looking at uh, website. And what are we going to do this week? I got like a, a oh, but wait, wait. Let me give you one more story. I got to bring this up now. That I think about it. Okay. I, which I okay. Now you got to go to uh, John Walker's the guy who started Auto. CAD Autodesk, right? Okay. And he moved to Switzerland some years ago for whatever reason, and he gave up his American citizenship, and he's Swiss. And he has a really weird website that you're going to have to do some research to find. It's called Fornilab or something like that, dot ch. And he has a he has this, there's a theory about uh, uh, some sort of is some sort of reverse time kinesis, and he has a whole bunch of information about this, and which says something, and I don't know the exact name of the thing because I wasn't prepared, but it goes like this. If I don't know the college score of a game that just ended, and I meditate long enough that it's a certain score, and then I finally go look up the score, it will be that score. I will have changed the score in time, in the space-time continuum. Oh, I'm all for that. <laughs> I got some meditating. I'm looking at it right now. It's uh, forimilab.ch. That's it. So, uh, but anyway, so I'm thinking when I when I read this thing about quantum uh, theory and it's you know, the fact that if you look at something, you change it. I'm thinking, hey, maybe it's possible. You know, I could, you know, we could do something with the University of California Bears, perhaps. But unfortunately, I already know the score, so it's too late. Well, why don't we do something uh, really big? And have yeah, a, a could, mass meditation, but we, to, but we don't. We have to not know what it what happened in the first place and make it happen some funny way. Read the article that he has posted there on this crazy idea, and um, I think it's crackpot. By the way, for anyone who out there really wants to know how I feel, it's nuts. But I think it's it's kind of fun nuts. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Where do I find this on his site? Because I, I I see th- this is his website. Is that what this is? Yeah, I think so. Let's see. What's it? Forum Forum Elab. F-O. How you spell it for me? Foxtrot, Oscar, Uniform, Romeo, Mike, India, Lima, Alpha, Bravo, Dot, Charlie, Hotel. It's like like one of those old school, hardcore, hacker, Unix, HTML 1.0 websites. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, this really kind of... Uh, I know exactly what kind, kind of, of guy this is when I see his site. Yeah, it's kind of actually the, the the thing itself is pathetic. Let's see. I think it would be under either consciousness... On the left-hand side, he's got this little uh, sidebar. Yeah. And it's either under consciousness studies or nanotechnology. I think that's what it is. Let me look under, there first. 
And yeah, there it is. Retropsychokinesis Project. Right at the top. Ret- and I'll read this for people out there listening to the show. Retropsychokinesis is the claimed ability of certain subjects to alter random data generated but not examined prior to the time the data are presented to the subject. Crazy, you say? Well, there's certainly no mechanism in mainstream physics which would permit such an effect, although I think now that this quantum thing might. Yet experiments conducted by a number of different researchers over the past 20 years suggest compellingly, according to some analysis, that the probability of the results obtained in such experiments, obviously Walker's not a writer, (laughs) uh, being purely the result of chance is sufficiently low that they would be considered evidence of causal mechanism in most scientific disciplines, blah, blah, blah. So anyway. What the hell did that mean, John? It means that uh, there may be something to it. I see the probability pipe organ at the bottom of the page. I'm, I'm so down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the pipes, and uh, we'll compare notes <laughs> next week. Well, man, maybe users out there can check this out and, and send us or, or leave a message on your machine again, and we'll put them on the air. Yeah, let me, uh, let me, give the, let me do the voicemail number. This will be cool. This will blow your eardrums out. Yo, yo. What the heck was that? <laughs> that was the voicemail jingle, dude. God. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, been fun talking to you, John. We'll do it again next week. Uh, I'll be in San Francisco, and I think you'll be on the West Coast as well, I hope. Yeah. Okay. From just sure. south of London in the the, uh, the Curry Manor, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak in California. All right. We'll uh, talk to you again next week. Take care, John. The best and the brightest. Served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, pod show, and limelight.